Hello and welcome to the Auto Riff. So on this episode, I do an interview with Edward from SaveTheK.com as well as Lift Talk podcast. Uh, it's a really great talk. We talk about his uh, his K car and kind of what steps he went through to import it. It was a really great conversation. Uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening. It was, uh, I guess I get, I've always been into cars in general, I guess. It's not really specifically K cars. It's basically, you know, all things with engines, I guess, motorcycles, right. everything. Um, but a friend of mine actually had bought one that had already been imported and legalized. I believe it was a 94 Mira, basically the same version of my car, just newer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I drove it. We have a private track day that we do sometimes and I drove it there and, it was set up so well that like it was surprisingly faster on a track. It's more like it, it's a momentum car, but it was right. it was actually really fun. It had a front limited slip diff, and it was set up decently by whoever had owned it previously in Japan or whoever. Uh, but it was such a riot that I was immediately like, I need to go find one of these and import them now that it's you know possible. Um, so completely like on an impulse, I just found this one for I think it was twenty three hundred dollars looked decent enough i found a video of it on youtube that looked ran looks like it ran great mm-hmm. um and just impulsively in, impulse bought it without really even thinking about it too much <laughs> uh that was probably the not a great idea i recommend maybe if people are less averse to anxiety and paperwork that they probably should find like an importer or maybe a car that's already been like u.s legalized right um but looking back honestly it actually wasn't that bad um i had a guy that basically does he has an import business i guess uh he helped me out last minute because they actually sent me the paperwork i needed late so apparently you're supposed to um file paperwork like a day before it gets actually on the ship but i didn't get the uh dhl package until after the boat had left japan um so that was could potentially going to like hold things up but apparently in the end it was smoother than anybody had said it would it was going to be so okay. it worked out my it worked out in my favor um but that's how basically i get interested is by driving his car and just basically like i need to get i need to get my, my hands on one of these things it's small it's fun it's got a pretty good amount of space it's relatively quick because it weighs like 1400 pounds right um i mean they, they're limited to like 64 horsepower but they don't really care how you get it there so this one was this was a four-cylinder. It was a later model, I believe, with a four-cylinder turbo, but it was still a 659cc motor. Um, the one I got is a three-cylinder turbo with the, basically the same power, but I think a different torque curve because of the larger piston since it's mm-hmm. three-cylinder versus four-cylinder. Um, his definitely, I think, feels faster. That makes more boost. Um, but yeah, they're a riot of a car. If you ever find somebody up, I think you're in, you said you're in Canada, right? Yeah, I'm in Canada. If you ever can find somebody up there, like you need to take one for a ride. It's there, if you're so, into any kind of cars, it's so fun. I was looking up uh, Jeeps actually, and uh, so I live uh, five minutes from Quebec, but I'm in oh, Ontario. Oh, nice, Quebec. Yeah, and just over there, so that that little pickup truck that you have on your background there, there was a white yeah. a white one. It was a Suzuki. I can't remember Suzuki something. I want to say Swift. Most likely a Suzuki Carry, maybe. Yeah, Carry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And uh, I saw, it and I was just, I was like, oh, that looks like a like a K car, and I click on it, it's like 660 cc engine. I'm like, oh, it is. <laughs> yes. He had it listed for 12 grand, and I'm like, it can't be 12 grand. Like, oh has, wow, yeah, 
It can't well, I mean, be. I guess even with the USD conversion, it's probably still that's a lot, a lot still, unless it was mm. like mint, you know? No, it, so it you, said farm truck. So, <laughs> so you saw when you're like, oh my god, this thing is great. Well, so I actually the first time I saw them uh, was I don't know if you watched uh, Donut Media on YouTube. Yes, Donut yes. is good stuff. Yeah. So uh, the, uh, James Pumphrey or whatever did one on uh, the AutoZam AZ1. Yes, those and are amazing little yes. cars. And he like he sat in one and he was talking about it and everything. I'm like, that is awesome. And like then I started to remember right when you played like when I played Gran Turismo as a kid, that yeah. there were like the Honda Beats and the Suzuki Cappuccinos in there. And I never thought about because you know it's a video game. You don't think about how small that car must be. That's just yeah. the beginner you know, slow car you have to drive to get to the next level. <laughs> exactly. It's um, the Mira is one of those cars. We have like PlayStation videos of like recordings of it. It's kind of funny. Yeah, you're exactly right. They're so tiny. Um, the Beat, the was it the ABCs, the Autozam yeah. AZ one, the Beat and the the cappuccino. cappuccino. Yeah, the cappuccino I think actually might be the best. I kind of wish I'd waited and found one of those because the layout, the engine is um, front to back. It's yeah, a turbo, and you could actually make about 120 horse in those things apparently, which is basically a small S2000 at that point with torque, um, just because of the size. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have held out for one of those. But um, the hatchback I think is definitely preferable for like space. Like you could actually fit like a duffel bag in the back of it. Right, yeah, that's the thing with the beat and the uh, the autozam, right? Is that there the front is the sp- is the uh, spare tire, and then the back yeah. is the engine, and that's it. <laughs> there's there's the, you. <laughs> then that's it. Yeah, you don't get much else. It's funny when I went to pick my car up, there was a yellow Honda Beat somebody had imported behind it, and I had to move it to like get, he, the oh, guy yeah. didn't even care. He was like, just go move your car, and bring it over here if you can if it starts. Um, so I got <laughs> in the beat and moved it, and it was like, oh, this was a this is such a cool like. Even I drove it five feet, but it was right. cool to sit in one, and like it really enveloped you, like you said, like it's tiny, you know. Right. That's that's my one concern. Is I'm I'm six foot two. Is like, how how big would I be in that car? Right. <laughs> I think honestly, I was around. I'm six and one seventy five, seventy eight. Yeah. And it was kind. The beat was a little tight still. You know what I mean? Like it was doable, yeah. but I think you might have been pushing that. I think. Right. You know? Although in the vans and and some of the uh, the hatchbacks, you'd be, you'd be shocked at the amount of headroom. Oh yeah, because the the height restriction is like six feet or something, right? So you can go as yeah. high as you want almost. Yeah, my friend Mikhail was like, I think he's six four or six five. He was sitting in a van that a guy we know has, and since the the front seats will slide back in the vans, he was like, oh, I actually fit in this surprisingly compared to everything else. Right. That's really cool. Uh, so like, the first time you saw a K car was your buddy's car then. Oh, that was the first time I've seen it basically in in person. I think okay. um, I've seen a couple of the, the farm trucks from afar, but never really up close. Never get to drive them. Um, he also has that blue truck behind me. That's his Honda Acti. Um, he also has that as like a farm truck for his house. He's got like a, a workaround, like in a, the bed and everything. He's got you know you put dirt bikes in it and stuff like that. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I drove that to a car show we had here. Um, the other day I called Staggered and I drove it like maybe 30 miles, no, 25 miles out to the car show. Um, it was surprisingly good on the road. Like outside of like some of the bumps were pretty bad. Like in there was, I think there's an issue uh, th- with the front suspension, but that was geared so well that even though it wasn't a turbo, it had enough. You could drive it on back roads, no problem. If you're any kind of like, oh, this is great, even the trucks, don't drive one because you'll immediately buy one, I'm telling you. <laughs> I think it would be really cool. So I have a, uh, I have a uh, Ram 1500 right now. 
with a Hemi in okay. it. And I just think it would be really cool to have in my driveway, have that Ram and then have a, like a K car parked next to it. Cause you could almost fit the K car in the oh. back of the Ram. <laughs> They're absolutely massive. My friend that drove me to New Jersey to pick it up, had a Tacoma and even that thing dwarfed this thing. Yeah. And that's, I, I, uh, kind of comparing it like my wife was asking me about the the k cars because the last episode i did was just kind of on a, a little bit of k car history and yeah i i told her so my my mother-in-law used to have uh it's a pontiac g3 here but it was a chevy aveo and i was explaining to her i'm like yes. that that car is actually too big it's 20 inches too long to be a k car it's it's incredible that like people can't really fathom how small these things are until you see them you know like it does kind of look like a golf cart in, in some aspects. Right. Um, it fits like hor- horizontally where most cars, say like a street parking, you could probably fit it sideways compared to everybody parking, you know, against the street. And it would still not <laughs> really stick out that much, you know. Uh, so what's the what's the kind of tuner crowd like for those cars? I mean, like how, like you were saying uh, that this cappuccino you can get like 120 horsepower out of? Yeah. So I think getting some parts is going to be, it's a little difficult. I don't know how Canada is with importation, but parts can be kind of a pain to get. However, there is um, a decent aftermarket for these out of Japan. You can get like, I mean, the engines I think are mostly rudimentary because they're mostly pre nineteen ninety six pre OBD two uh, OBD two cars, mm-hmm. um, and you need like standalone fuel controllers and like wide band sensors to basically really get anything out of them. Um, you can run manual boost controllers. You can get I've seen downpipes and exhaust intakes. You can get a lot of stuff. I mean, you're going to pay for shipping, but there's a lot of stuff actually you can add to these little cars. Um, I don't really know how far I'm going to take mine. <laughs> um, no, my history, I might hopefully not go too far with it. Um, I basically want to pick up like a manual boost controller and maybe crank it up a couple of PSI and like that's probably it. Maybe right. an intake just for the noise because it's not going to do much. You should see the, how ridiculously small these filters are. It's like a sponge. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Do you um, d- daily drive it? Oh no! Um, the winter up here is kind of wreck. They wreck these things. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to daily. I'm going to try not to daily it. I have a Subaru Legacy, uh, just a sedan, the 2015 yeah. Legacy sedan that I daily. Nice. Um, it'll be like a secondary car or a show car or something like that right. once I get it painted. So is the the Mira is front wheel drive? You said. Hey, this one is front wheel drive. There is um, a version that is. I think they call it the R4. That's all wheel drive with a viscous center diff and i believe four wheel steering um some of them came with actually fairly like that's pretty high tech stuff for a 94 95 96 car like at the time like mm-hmm. a turboed all-wheel drive all-wheel steering it had you know sunroof and power windows and i mean it, they were packed little cars you know so there was definitely an all-wheel drive version there definitely made a little less power like to the wheels i believe just due to the drivetrain loss um right. but they're supposed to handle very very well especially in the winter too uh, I have seen a few videos because uh, I don't know. Na- I don't know about for you, but naturally for me, my mind went to because there's a guy down the street that owns a Hayabusa, and I thought, yes, could you put a Hayabusa motor in there? And I've seen a few conversions where people did it on YouTube, and it's pretty awesome because a Hayabusa yeah. motor is, I, I, I want to say, a couple hundred horsepower or can yeah. be at have least. You, I mean, have you, have you have you ridden street bikes? Uh, I have a I have a cruiser, yeah. I have a Honda Shadow. Okay, so you do motorcycles. Yeah. Okay, so I my brother had a Shadow for a while. Uh, those, those things are awesome. Um, Ibus is like what two hundred horsepower motor yeah, like engine. Yeah, yeah, I think so. 
It's crazy. And there's a guy that did one into a Honda S600, I, I think it was an old school one, a kind of reverse way to kind of use a motorcycle transmission with a car, make a reverse, because I guess, I guess that's the problem with putting a motorcycle engine yeah. into a car is that like the Bellhausen Trans doesn't have, like it's a weird reverse setup, but yeah. some people have figured it out and it does look like an absolute riot and it would fit too, you know, like it's very small. However, there's still enough space because it's, I think a Hayabusa motor might be smaller than the K engines. I, also, then you could turbo the Hayabusa motor. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, that's that naturally what, aspirated. Isn't that what they all do? Yeah. <laughs> 400 horsepower. Right. Like K car. It's, oh, man. You probably need the all wheel drive version. Oh, you would. Yeah, absolutely. Like axles and differentials at that point. I, yeah. I, I would imagine if you got a good launch, you'd probably wheelie it if you had a mid engine one. Uh, that. The, see, that's why the Hayabusa makes more sense, maybe because it's less torque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need rev it to more fifteen thousand RPMs or whatever. Because uh, I know that the. I'm, uh, sorry. I'm not hoping to do a motor swap anytime soon. Let me put that way. <laughs> I hope it doesn't. I it's nice the way it is for now. You know, I'm not gonna hopefully I don't blow it up. Right. I have to do that. You know. If I I met well, no, I was gonna say it might be an easy motor swap if you did have to. Not like if you had to like if your your engine now grenaded and you found another one of the same kind. Yeah, like it's a tiny engine. I assume you could probably pick it up in your own, like you in can, your arms. You could probably you could probably do it with a single person lifting it up. Yeah, like it's it is absolutely tiny. The turbo is the size of like an orange. Um, everything on it, like the radiator, is like half the size you would actually think. It only takes up like a small section of the front end on the right side. Um, it's just it's everything is comically small. It's and perfectly sized for it, I guess. You know, right? It it it's basically yeah, like you took a regular sized car and scaled everything you know like halfway or less you know exactly the intercooler is this little tiny thing that you're like that can't do anything but it, i mean it does you know yeah uh so like daihatsu never really took off in the states is it like a pretty popular brand in, J in japan i think that's actually what i'm getting to see here it's basically a subsidy of toyota at some point oh, okay um but I guess it was a significantly larger brand over there in Japan, I guess. Yeah, there was a larger, they had a lot of cars and they still, I believe, produce Daihatsu K cars till this day. I don't know like what they're like um, outside of like Honda's offerings, but apparently it's a big name. It's big. Uh, the car's pretty big in the Philippines and Malaysia for some reason, too, which is kind of odd. There's a guy I'm trying to get in a hold of that is potentially able to get parts and ship to U.S., but I haven't heard back from him yet. So, okay. Um, it's big and just not America, I guess. You know, I guess places, other places that had small cars, right? Traction, like, I, not here. I was reading them, and I like I understand that them not being popular in the states because the roads are obviously a lot bigger. People travel a lot farther, and Americans are a lot bigger in general uh, because of McDonald's, I guess. And uh, all this is accurate. Yes, <laughs> yes, all this is accurate. I, I am American, so I can <laughs> say all that. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Uh, but then, like in Europe, you would think in the UK they would be a lot more popular, and they apparently never took off there because they have no. very, very tiny roads there as well. Apparently, yeah, there's a couple over there, I guess, but it's like it still. There's I see there's a forum that has it's called Live to Die. They have some DAI, which is kind of funny, but they have some owners in England. But the, I think a lot more Australia, New Zealand then I'd surprise England. No, like it, they would have been the perfect car there. There's a couple there, but yeah, you're right. Like they're so tiny for those roads. I don't know why they didn't take off there. You know? No, I don't, I don't either. And like the only two K cars that I've been able to find that actually came to the States was the first Subaru 360 and oh, yeah. the Mitsubishi. I, it's not me, but I'm M I E V. It was an electric K car. 
Oh yeah, that, I do actually remember those things. Yeah, look that, up that actually there. came to the states, but that's the only two. Because you think about the smart car is actually too big as well. Yeah, it's, it's actually because, um, too wide. Yeah, people mistake the Delica for a K car when it's actually significantly larger than the K car. Right. Um, and even that, there was an issue with Maine when Maine tried to basically ban what they thought was a K car. People like they actually made a Delica in the U.S. for some period of time. Um, it was kind of weird. Nobody did the research there, but even those are still not considered K cars because they're too large. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the smallest, and the smallest car what on the market is what the Cooper, the the, I, the, the BMW. Mini, yeah, Mini Cooper maybe, uh, or yeah. the or the Smart Four Two. Yeah, probably okay, the yeah. two smallest ones in the states. Uh, so, and this, the, think of the size of a Miata, right? So a Miata weighs like twenty four pounds. This weighs a thousand pounds less than right. a Miata. Yeah, and the Miata is considered to be an ultra lightweight car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell me about your website and uh, just save the k.com like so what uh, why'd you start it uh, what's the goal <laughs> this was uh, a friend of mine is in Rhode Island and I guess they had sent out letters to Rhode Island K registrations saying that well we're gonna start we've requested your plates back we're gonna revoke registrations if you don't you know comply and do this um, and he was like you kidding me I've had these for a while now why are you just retroactively trying to ban these things and uh, we have it like a group chat where we talk about it and I was like, oh, let's whip up a quick website as like a joke, you know, like right. it takes a couple of minutes. It's pretty quick. These like you can just get something decently up there. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy this domain then. Or he had the domain, I think it was. So I'm like, build the site, linked it, linked it up and it became kind of like more than a joke. Uh, we started making stickers and found that way to make T-shirts. <laughs> um, and we use this as some sort of like congregation point where we could give information and maybe attract people to this like eyes to this cause um i'm unsure what the status is. i don't know if it's worked i mean i think maybe to an extent because i think they were issued a stay where you don't have to return them but there was they didn't make a a push for like they didn't say why or want to go further because i think there's potentially issues if they say something that okay now they can then be brought to court right and they don't want to say the or back themselves kind of in their corner but so hopefully for now i mean i guess it's kind of success, succeeded in what we were trying to do. Um, there's, they, we haven't heard back. I guess Jalopnik had run a story about this, and they were trying to get in touch with the RIDMV, and they couldn't get a response back from them or any comments or anything, um, which is kind of funny. But they just don't want to say anything of what they were trying to do. Like We don't know what happened. Apparently, there was rumor that a business had tried to import 10 and register them as fleet delivery vehicles, and like okay. that just... <laughs> was not cool with somebody and that kind of like started all this um but there's been multiple people that have gotten in touch with us like from not only Rhode Island but different states saying that they've had similar experiences so at that point it's like okay let's leave this up and keep it going because I mean Massachusetts allows this for now but I don't want this happening here or it's like it's like you know spreading somehow It'd be nice to have a precedent set so like right there's no issues going forward for everybody but <laughs> so basically that's the point of it is to kind of get awareness out that way um, we have uh, merch because everybody does, right? So we have right. stuff in the t-shirts and stickers and stuff. And that goes towards like, like we're considering getting billboards on the highway like for like a month or something <laughs> and just like putting some memes up there about like with that website. So it's all going to basically fund stuff like that. We're printing stickers and buying shirts and basically like getting, you know, just kind of using this to in some way fight back. You know, like we haven't had to hire a lawyer yet, but if that comes to it, hopefully we can get something, you know, f use this for some of that. It, 
Um, the margins aren't big. I was shocked, but um, yeah, hopefully we can get like a, the goal is get like a billboard maybe somewhere and do something like that. That would be awesome. Um, and it's also nice because you could just get the design t-shirts and wear them, buy them yourself. Some <laughs> all our friends bought them. It's just kind of hilarious as a joke now that we all wear the stuff that we made, you know? <laughs> uh, how much did the K car end up costing you total with uh, having bought it and then importing? Let's see. It was twenty three twenty four initial price and a thousand dollars was prepaid. They were like, We want a thousand dollars basically straight up to ship this. So that's thirty three twenty four. Um I believe it was eight hundred dollars in customs fees, so forty one hundred. Um, another eight hundred dollars to a guy that helped me out basically work through all this because he knew a broker or he was broker, I believe. And so forty nine twenty four. So just under five grand, I'm probably gonna spend another hundred bucks to register. I haven't titled it yet, actually, because I just haven't got to the RMV. Um, I paid 120 for insurance. I believe the insurance was like $28 a month, which is pretty good. Um, so basically, five, just over five thousand dollars for this all that's, altogether. That's everything. not bad. Yeah, right. Like it's. I mean, the car is gonna need some work. There's some body rust starting that's gonna have to be taken care of like fairly quickly because it's you know not through the paint. It's not bad yet, but. I mean, I'll have to probably put another two or three K into it in parts and labor and stuff. But I mean, that's still better than like I've seen them going for like, you know, 10, 15 now, somewhere around right. there for some decent. It's got low. It's got 123,000. So it's got like 78,000 miles on it. Yeah, that's not bad at all. That's, so it's, it's pretty yeah. low, you know, that's not stock. Even <laughs> it doesn't look really beaten on. It's pretty clean. It's like it's, you know, hopefully it'll last, you know. But yeah, it's... uh. About half what I thought I'd pay from the states for it, you know. Right. How uh, how hard was it to insure? Because like, is it just you just went through your normal insurance agency there, or that was kind of an issue. My normal insurance agency couldn't find it in their computer, and they were basically like, um, "We're sorry, we can't insure you for this. Like, we can't. Right. Maybe you could find somebody else." And I was like, "I have, I have since I've uh, heard that Haggerty and another company had offered stuff like this. You know, friends of mine that are big into cars. A lot of people have, you know." fancy collect cars or weekend cars and they were like oh check out Haggerty um, so they were like oh absolutely give us pictures give us the description we'll look up we'll do a declared upon value which is you know awesome they get like um, a salvage option where it's I guess it allows you to keep to get the car back even if they're in event of an accident and a payout so you, they'll pay out the full policy and then you get the car back as well um, yeah oh, and wow. that was I think 28 or 29 dollars a month for the year which was pretty good yeah um, so it's not really like an everyday car like so the insurance is a lot less um i'm not gonna be driving in the winter it'll be like right. a nice little garage where it's not gonna get rusted although i do have to undercoat it but um yeah don't i don't plan to every day it you know right it's a it's a fun like take to the car show go out on a nice windy road on the weekends type thing yeah type and it's ridiculous the winding roads on that thing oh my god like i haven't really pushed it yet and it's it's already been like extremely fun what is it rev to because I know I, I was reading um, on the Honda Beat, it uh, it makes most of its power from seventy five hundred to nine thousand RPMs. Yeah, this <laughs> the Beat is a great car. This um, I think this red lines at eight thousand and it goes to I believe the tech was, I want to say it was ten, but you don't make power past like I, I don't think nine and a half I would say, um, but the red line is eight. The later ones are eighty five, which is uh which is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, it goes to ten. I'm looking at a picture of it now, um, and it screams like it's. I was surprised at how much it likes to rev. Like turbo cars are usually lower revving and a more it's like a sometimes like a diesel like like lower RPMs, um, and this thing just wants to pull even for a turbo car. It's pretty crazy. Um, 
it must it takes a minute to spool, almost a little bit of old school like spool mm -hmm. um but it's so small that there's there's not really actually too much turbo lag it spools up really quick because it's tiny um and it just revs so yeah this one's red lines at eight and goes to ten but you don't really get too much after about nine nice uh if you had to buy another k car what would you buy Ooh, that's a good not question. If, I should change that question. Not if you had to, if you got to. I got to buy an, if I got to buy another one. I think I would probably get a van. Okay. As much as I would want like a small, like the AutoZam. Oh, man. If I need to, if I kind of wanted to get a van, but if I was going to get a car again, it would be the AutoZam just because of the doors. Right. Um, but I most likely would get a van just for the utility of it. Um, and I think they're hilarious looking. I think you could do a lot with, I think it becomes more of a daily option with better gas mileage if you can find a decent sized van. Um, and the trucks are small because there's a wall behind you, like a firewall behind you, but not with the bed. But the vans are significantly more comfortable because you can put the seats back a little bit more. So I don't know what I'd do. I, if I'm going utilitarian, I'm definitely going to get a van. But if I was going to go sports car again, I have like a garage, big garage I can keep it in. It's definitely an AutoZam. Nice. Uh, what... So you want to get out of a DeLorean. <laughs> uh, what is your dream car that's not a K car? Ooh, that's a hard one of anything. Yeah, anything. I, I, I'm someone that's like always like I can't have a favorite, but it's it's difficult. But the dream car outside, outside of that, let's say probably if I had to pick anything, like an 05 Ford GT, maybe the old. Okay. Like I mean, the new one's amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. With, the, yeah. with the twin turbo, but but the, the old one, I think, yeah, with the super with the truck V8, yeah. Okay. Um, something with like some panette or maybe a, a Porsche. I don't know. So I, I love Porsches too. Um, but probably the GT just for the heck of it, just for the love, the raucousness, the ridiculousness of it. Nice. Uh, I've always said, so, uh, okay, well, I'll ask, I'll ask you this and I'll tell you my answer after. If you could have one car for all seasons at Oof. any price point, but you had to drive that one vehicle all year round. And while you're thinking about it, I'll give you my answer. I would get the Porsche, uh, the all-wheel drive. The, is oh, it the Carrera or the 911 or whatever with the all-wheel drive? Yes, that's Because a good they option. have, it's the one, the one has a back seat technically. Yeah. So I could put my kids in there if I had to, but then also all-wheel drive for the winter because we do get a fair bit of snow up here. Oh, that's a good, that's a hard one. That's a good option. That or like maybe the Panamera. Yeah, yeah, Panamera. All wheel drive. You could put snows on it. I don't know if you put. I put snows on cars. It's amazing. Um, that would be great with snows. I think my choice. Ooh, any car. I could pick anything. Anything in the like world. you. Like if I came up to that, you could. Here's an amount of money you could buy whatever you want, but you can only buy the one. Ooh, that's hard between like. I want something all wheel drive. Right, because oh, the winter. Do, yeah. do, do I want to pay maintenance costs of an Audi? I don't know. Like they're so amazing. Like an RS six. What was it? The wagon. Oh yeah, that oh yes, the Avantiers or whatever. <sighs> oh yeah, my those God. are sweet looking cars too. If I, did, if I if I did have to pay maintenance and I could just keep it until the warranty was up, I'd pick that instantly. The oh. I think wagons are the most underappreciated body style. Absolutely, or like a shooting, even a shooting brake is yes. nice. But the wagons are so. I had a Subaru Legacy GT wagon like a couple of years ago, and it was I love that car. I miss it. Like I miss wagon the Dodge Magnum. Oh yeah, there was an SRT version yeah. of that too, wasn't there? Yeah, SRT oh, that would have been a fun car. 
Yeah, it would. And it, it, again, gone too soon. They should bring it back and throw the Hellcat drivetrain into it. Oh, my God, yes. Or I'm, right? I'm gonna, right. after this is over, I'm going to go look up to see if somebody's done that because I guarantee you somebody has. Well, I mean, we can we can wrap it up here. Uh, I don't know if you want to uh, plug your, your podcast. I, I, oh, um, I, I used to ride mountain bikes a lot before yeah. I started having knee issues, but I loved it, and I wish <sighs> I still did it. As much I as feel I that I have, uh, I just got hurt like with an endure race and my wrists, everything's screwed up for a little bit, so I haven't. But yeah, um, get on, get a just get a gravel bike, get it back out there and just rolling around a little bit. I, I have yeah. one. It's just like I actually wrecked it uh, and broke my I'm ribs. Sorry about your knee, by the way. Oh. Yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, it it is what it is. I actually broke one of my ribs the last time I rode. Uh, about six? No, it was last last summer, not this summer. Last summer. Uh, and it was weird because I was for it's no fun, man. Yeah, and I was on this really, really technical trail, and I was getting through it fine. And then I hit this smooth part, and I stopped paying attention. And there was a spot <laughs> where like the weeds grew over the trail, and I just kind of looked up, and then I apparently bounced off a rock, and it threw me into a thorn Ooh. bush, and my, my uh, handlebars turned you know up and down basically as it was falling, and I landed on it with my ribs, and then. Uh, I had to push That's the bike brutal. back. <laughs> oh my god! And I was only about halfway into a ten-mile trail or something at that point. <laughs> oh, thank God! I mean, I guess you had a little bit of like a shock that takes the pain off. But yeah. oh my god, ribs ribs are the worst. It was. It was. What kind of bike do you have? Ah, uh, good question. That's a Nakamura. Yeah. Nakamura. Ooh, cool. It's uh, yeah, it's it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you don't have to defend. You should see the bikes. I got yeah, I got yeah. a really good deal on it. It was on sale. <laughs> we're all we're all we're all inclusive of all bikes. I have I, like the most no name stuff in my basement. It's not even funny. Don't when I lived it. in Florida, I had a Walmart bike that I had yes. put more parts on than what it was worth. Uh, we did that too. It was one of the uh, the, the hyper X's. We yeah, did, yeah we and picked I, up a we picked those up on sale for like ninety nine dollars and did a bunch I, it of was stuff a to it was a twenty niner too yeah exactly. it was awesome and i loved it and then so when i moved to canada i left it at my parents house and then when i came oh, back no. to visit them i was i was gonna go ride my bike and i was like where's my bike and they're like what are you talking about i'm like where's my bike <laughs> and they're like oh, oh yeah, I, we sold that I, I don't know and i'm like y'all threw away my bike <laughs> <laughs> they, they're never gonna use this yeah anymore. they just tossed it i'm yeah. like what the heck those things were sweet they were they were 29 hours it, it was a. Uh... My my friend did one with the, he went like full says full um crazy fork on it and I went the opposite and did a road bike gravel bike thing out of it. It, it really I don't know if how much you guys talk about this, the difference in disciplines between mountain biking and road biking. Yes, they're like there's actually a lot of crossover now too though you'd be surprised like cyclocross right like gravel is really starting to blur the lines because the tech the tech I mean you have different tires and maybe different specific drivetrains but like most of it is a lot of it is carryover and there's really starting to be a lot of blurred yeah blurred, blurred lines you know it's it's crazy but like you said there is still like i know guys that only mountain bike i know guys that only road bike and there when there is not crossover it's completely alien to either one to get them out on like the first time on a road ride or the first time on like a downhill section <laughs> for a roadie um but i mean people are in the bikes generally all like all disciplines and like you get them out there doing anything on a bike and they're probably going to have a good time you know it might not be right. their ideal time but i think a lot of people that like bikes are like just into all of it you know they could well, be that was so like when i was mountain biking a lot i it was nothing for me to go do 22 miles of trail riding right exactly. but then i'd go on a road 
and you do five miles on the road. But I think the difference being that when you're on a road, it's continuous pedaling. And when you're on a trail, you have a lot of downhill sections where your body can kind of recover for a second and then burst again to the next hill. You know what I mean? That's absolutely true. That and the variation provides some sort of breakup. Like we did a hundred and something mile ride and it was a mental grind sometimes when it's just like miles of the same thing, even though like there was off-road sections. But I mean, like you said, like there's no break from it. And you're like, oh God, I just want the recovery pedal, you know? Right. I need so, a yeah, downhill yeah. section to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, I need to take a breather, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, if you get a chance, check it out. We just uh, had our first episode in like six months last night we recorded. It's called Lift Talk Podcast. Anybody's on the bikes and wants to check it out. Um, it's pretty, it's decent. I think we all have a pretty good pulse. There's three of us that are kind of varying degrees of bikes. Uh, I'm more of like the mountain and downhill guys, but they fill in like all the blanks and knowledge. They're like bike mechanics. So, um, yeah, I appreciate that. If um, you want to listen, if anybody wants to listen, it's uh, Lift Talk Podcast or at Lift Talk Podcast on Instagram. Uh, and yeah, thanks again. And uh, for everyone else out there, go see Lift Talk. On uh, is it available on basically every podcast app? Yeah, you can get Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Podcasts, Spotify. It's it's on all of them. Um, even like Podcast Addict and stuff like that. You can find it. Just search for Lift Talk. Um, and uh, sorry, let me clear something up. The name. It it was people were like oh it's not downhill orient focused. And I'm like yeah yeah so. It was basically on the chat on the way up to lift, so it's not actually. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Straight, but you know the natural conversation that would happen there is everyone's bored in the lift, so that's where it came from. We get a little flack for people not understanding He's... that. Well, thanks again for coming on. We got off topic there at the end. Yeah, no, that's cool. Uh, Clint, <laughs> thank you very much, man. It was nice to meet you. If you have any more questions, uh, feel free reach out. Awesome, man. thank you. Thanks again for listening to the Auto Riff. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, or you can email us at theautoriff at gmail.com. Without you, the listener, I'd just be a crazy person talking about cars to myself. I appreciate the support and the conversations with my listeners that this provides. Until next time, everyone drive safe and have a great week.